Weird things happen outside. Yeah, squirrels are outside doing all kinds of stuff. Who knows what they get up to? It's I, I've been watching them. Hello, welcome to Guide to the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And this week we are continuing to blaze through the urban legend what would you call it? Not really entries, I guess. No, it, it's it's a mishmash. It's list. a mess. It's a list of urban legends, quote unquote urban legends. I always have, I always feel compelled to say this, but it's really me almost repeating myself. Wikipedia can be edited by anyone. And there are incredible people who contribute their time and expertise to doing this, oh, but it yeah. can still be edited by literally anyone. Yes. And there so, are some sort of, um, they're pretty loose, but there are some parameters. I don't remember if you, I don't even know if I told you this. One one year I had a wild hair to make Wikipedia entries for like all of our friends and family and just have stupid stuff in them. And Rings a vague it bell. wouldn't let me. Really? Yeah. Well, I think maybe creating a new page, there are some more protections in place or something than editing. I assume that they just saw right through you. Probably. They're like, we don't want she can't be allowed on here. <laughs> yeah. the, the quality of this website will plummet. Right. The stock will plummet. So Urban legend is a is a term that has like a, a real, not a rigid definition, but it's been defined. I'm literally holding in my hands the book, The Vanishing Hitchhiker, American Urban Legends and Their Meanings by Jan Harald Brunvand, where he talks about like how he worked on coining this term mm -hmm. and what, what it all means. They're usually, they're supposed to be, it's folklore. They're stories that are told. They have a beginning, middle and end. Don't do this because that might happen. Right. Right. Um, Urban legend has now been turned into a term that means like any old nonsense that anyone might believe. Yeah, it can even just be like a rumor or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We did cow tipping recently. Right. There's not a story of like, if you go out at night, you might hear the cow. Like, it's not a narrative. It's yeah. people might tip cows. Yeah, it's kind of just anything weird. Anything weird that is of flimsy veracity. Yeah. You can't yes. decide whether or not it's true. Wikipedia has just a whole list of nonsense like that. Sometimes there are true urban legends. Of course. But it does seem like, and it, it, it's exactly what we deal in, just sort of these odd, odd facts, odd details. And so we've been painstakingly trying to make our way. I, I think that Guide to the Unknown should be the place where we literally have touched on every bizarre story in the world. I agree. I'm thrilled that we're doing this. And so uh, we have done this several times before. Uh, no signs of stopping, but we are now in the seas. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the seas and breaching into the Ds. I've hit a D. Did you hit a D? I've got a couple of Ds. Okay. Mostly Ds, yeah. in fact. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're uh, uh, three letters of the alphabet and change <laughs> in yeah but we're gonna uh, talk about some urban legends tell you all about the the next weirdo batch that came our way from wikipedia the other fun thing is that it's really not our fault what we have to cover because no. we we're doing this whatever they have on the list we're forced to look at no matter how flimsy absolutely the only things that we skip are entries that we have already covered on a previous show otherwise yes. we are just at the mercy of the wikipedia gods we'll take it all and we'll dive right in after this commercial break Okay, so yeah. why don't I start? I think sure. that I'm a little earlier in the seas, or earlier in general than yeah. you are, okay. right? Yeah. Just in the seas. I think so. Okay, so one of the things that I was going to cover was the Kukui. And I kept saying to you, it sounds so familiar. I, I, yes. I feel like we've talked about this before, whatever. We have in a roundabout way, you kind of covered the Kukui because Kukui is just another word for the cocoa. 
Which is the boogeyman-like monster of Spain and Portugal. Beware the Coco. So, yeah, this is weird. This goes way back. This was It's episode one. Episode one of Guide to the Unknown. Banshees we, and the Boogeyman. That's right. And so I had I had been so excited to talk about the boogeyman only to find out that there's no lore mm -hmm. to the boogeyman itself. The boogeyman is almost like a type of thing. Yeah. There are boogeymen, just phantom people to be like, don't stay up too late or the boogeyman will get you. Yeah. For all these different countries around the globe. It's like a class of monster. It's like yeah. werewolves. There yeah. are a bunch of them. A million werewolves. Mm -hmm. So the Coco was this one particular kind of boogeyman. There was even a poem. This yes. is six years ago when I remember this. Yeah. It was like, uh, go to bed, children. Go to bed, children. For the cocoa is among you. <laughs> it was like something, something like that. It's So I took just as a teaser yeah. what one of these poems was. Oh, you've then, got the poems. No, I don't. No, no, I don't. Because I want oh. people to go and listen. Oh, I love the poems. They're fantastic. They're so weird. Go back to episode it's one. These, yeah, there are these sinister nursery rhymes, essentially. Um, one of them starts with, sleep, child, sleep. Or else Coco will come and eat you. Yes. They're all like that. It's <laughs> so, so <laughs> short and yes. to the point. There's no there's no artistic flourish. There must be a melody that we just aren't aware of. Because you're not just saying sleep child sleep or else Coco will come and eat you. This is crazy. So when we covered the boogeyman, when we covered the Coco, the mm -hmm. Kukui in episode one. Yep. I didn't have a kid. No. Oh, yeah. Right? Right. This was three years before I had a kid. Yep. I now have a three-year-old. And Kristen, she, all right, I won't spend too much time on this, but Zoe was really excited because she knows that Aunt Chrissy comes over and we do the podcast on Tuesday nights, Taco mm -hmm. Tuesdays. Oh, and so this morning she goes, Aunt Chrissy going to come over? She going to be here for bedtime? <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess I better make sure. I will always... And yeah. and Chrissy was here for bedtime, and so you participated in our bedtime ritual, mm -hmm. where you know we get Zoe into bed and sometimes read a book. We always sing a song. Yep. And the song we sing is "You Are My Sunshine, My Only Sunshine." You make me happy when skies are gray. You'll never know, dear, how much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine away. Mm -hmm. Now, any nursery rhyme, I, I feel like if you look at it too closely, it gets weird. Yeah, I think the Please last line is Please don't take my weird. sunshine away. Yes. What does I that mean? strange. I had never thought about it until we, we would start singing it to Zoe, and I was like, why is that there? I know. Who's going to do that? The Coco. Oh, my God. The Kukui. We can never tell Zoe about the Coco. Absolutely. But not. it's no, it's not this rhyme. <laughs> sleep, child, sleep, or the Coco will eat you? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good night. Uh, yeah, Good I can't wait to go to dreamland now. <laughs> Good night, Dada. Yeah. <laughs> Great. I'm set up for success. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you. For a really nice night. I cannot imagine that being the bedtime thing that you sing to your child just before you leave the room and close the door. It can't be. It's crazy. It can't be. Maybe it's like a, a midday, let's sing a fun song. It, it always sounded crazy, but now being a dad, that's yeah. extra bonkers. Sleep, child, sleep, or the cocoa will eat you. Even some additional sugar on top, right? Yeah. It's, it's here's the structure of that poem. Command. Mm -hmm. Command. Or you're going to die. Sleep, child. Sleep. Or the cocoa will eat you. Right. Good night. There's got to be, I don't know. Take your poem and shove it, Dada. <laughs> <laughs> there must be something we're not seeing. I don't know. Nuts. No, there's, there's less. It's... Um, so that's the Kukui. Okay, I just wanted I'm to, sorry. To, no, that's okay. I just wanted to acknowledge it and say yeah. you can find, I mean, these 
it, it was a fun thing for you to talk about anyway, but, but in particular, the rhyme slash songs oh my God. were very memorable to me. I also want to warn everybody that the audio was messed up on our first six episodes. Yeah, that was my, so, that was my decision. No. <laughs> to I, mess I, up the audio? Nah, I wanted to shoot it like a studio show, not knowing that I didn't have the chops. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. That's all right. But I mean, you still can, you can still hear everything. People still seem to like it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. whatevs. All right, so then I moved on to The Curse of the Bambino. Yes, finally. Okay. (laughs) This has dots of being more interesting than I expected it to be. I will say. I was pleasantly surprised a little bit. Great. So, The Bambino is Babe Ruth. Yeah, no one, uh, you all, you have to keep explaining. Who's Babe Ruth? (laughs) I know. Babe Ruth was a baseball player in the early 1900s. He was on fire. Um, he was like a really good baseball player, and and his nickname was Babe. His name was George Ruth, but he entered the like pro league when he was nineteen. So they called him Babe because he oh, was like a baby. And then Bambino is baby in Spanish. Yeah. So that's why this became the curse of the Bambino, curse of the which Bambino. is honestly very funny. Oh, that's so good. Um. So what this is about is that it references the fact that the Boston Red Sox entered an eighty-six year long championship losing streak. After they traded Babe Ruth to the Yankees in 1918. So, oh, so they trade Babe Ruth, they give they him away, yeah. and then they suck ass mm-hmm. for, for decades? Yeah, yeah. Wow. So apparently they were killing it before that happened, like yeah. partially because of Babe Ruth. They won five of the first 15 World Series ever. Whoa. And um, he was a major contributor. I don't know why the hell they traded him. Was that, that during like a period a of time where there were like three teams? How do you win Probably. a third of all the World, World Series? You know, <laughs> it's a hundred years ago. They're just getting started. Yeah, no, maybe there were like two for each coast and two in the middle. Because Boston, New York. Yeah. Uh-huh. Somebody in the West and somebody in the middle. Exactly. I have no idea. Um, so I also wanted to mention that I think it's really funny that they nicknamed him the Great Bambino. And I don't know if it's the great everybody. baby. Bald <laughs> <laughs> the great baby. I don't know if it's everybody or if it's just me. I can forget that the people of yesteryear were funny. I think it's partially because you see pictures of them right. and they're just like not smiling and it's in black and white. There's not a lot of razzle dazzle to it, yeah. but they're out there calling people the great Bambino. That is very funny. They were funny. Yeah. So um, it was first acknowledged that selling Babe Ruth was the downfall of the Red Sox. Uh, or no, excuse me, it wasn't first acknowledged. It was acknowledged that, that trading him was the downfall of the Red Sox, but it wasn't ever called a curse until the book, The Curse of the Bambino, in 1990. What? Way later. That's weird. It, yeah, apparently it was just like, oh yeah, they, they did a bad thing, like they suck now. But this guy was like, it's the curse of the Bambino. And he even went a little bit further to see if this would be qualified to be called a curse Oh, by contacting a reverend to get his opinion on it and how it intersects with cursedom. Really? I, I didn't know that there were qualifications for something to be a curse. I don't know. I don't think it's quite as like hard and fast as that. But like, he was like, can we call this a curse? And does that make sense? I don't think something has to be ruled a curse or not. So he wrote to this guy asking about it. And the Reverend Daryl Berger writes back um, and he cited the House of the Seven Gables, which is a story about how somebody's continuing bad fortune can then be spun into being a curse. So Reverend Berger writes, this is a quote. In both cases, you have a cursed family because of evil that had been done, and it's passed down several generations later. 
I think of the selling of Ruth. So it was, it was selling him to the Yankees. I don't know if that's the same as trade. I think it's got to be the same. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe maybe it was as simple as like, hey, well, you've got a really good player. Maybe. We'll pay the corporation a ton of money. Yeah, maybe it is that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that would, that would actually explain why they would even do that. Because right. why would you give up such a good player unless somebody put like a humongous dollar yeah, uh-huh. amount on doing that? And then you're like, all right, it's worth it. I don't know enough about sports, but I guess people do swap teams. I would think it's the player that gets paid, not the team, though. So you're not. Oh, yeah. You might be buying Babe Ruth by signing him to a major con. I don't know. I don't care. And now I'm getting in like inside baseball, literally, where I, I, I know. just realized I don't care. So we I'm, can't be inside baseball, literally, because we don't know anything yeah, about it. And, and I'm not interested. So no, no I apologize. <laughs> um, okay, where did I end? I'm just going to start again. It's real quick. In both cases, you have a cursed family because of evil that had been done, and it's passed down several generations later. I think of the selling of Ruth as the sin that cannot be atoned for. Oh. There hasn't been a savior that can come along and make that atonement. The Sox, over and over again, keep paying for that sin. Frazzy sins against Sox fans by selling Ruth. That's, I don't know, the boss of the Red Sox or something. Uh, This severs trust between fans and ownership that has never healed. A curse is also merely a folk-wise way of explaining the unexplainable. But who wants to leave it at that? So is the Old Testament. The key for the curse to be lifted is acknowledgement that both sin and curse exist and why. In the same way, an alcoholic or any dysfunctional relationship must be named before it can heal. You got to name it to claim it. Name it to claim it. Uh, The great danger of a curse is that the closer it gets to being overcome, the greater the anxiety becomes. Anxiety causes bad things to happen and the curse continues. Wow. So this is what the, the priest says or the reverend says about it. And so... It is a curse. So therefore it is officially a curse. It becomes the curse of the Bambino. Um, Red Sox and like Boston people in general seem to have embraced this as a tongue in cheek sort of thing. Yeah. So there is a reverse curve road sign on Longfellow Bridge over Storo Drive in Boston. And that was graffitied to read reverse the curse um, instead of reverse curve. And they actually like town officials left it in place until the Red Sox won the 2004 World Series. And then after they won it and until 2004, it was 86 years. Whoa. I mean, I don't think they lost every game, but I guess it was like every major championship they lost. Do you think the Bambino ended up defeated like Gozer? (laughs) Like somewhere was like wailing in pain in agony when the curse was finally lifted probably my curse yeah probably he probably like spun around into ah. nothing yeah got like sucked into a baseball isn't that what happens to the gnome king in return to oz doesn't he get sucked in all shrimpy maybe i the only thing about the gnome king i, king I really remember are his shoes oh, okay. when he yeah. takes uh, dorothy's shoes and he goes he's like look at them and it shows him like modeling the shoes like, the camera goes down and he says they're very powerful but i have always made the joke they're very comfortable anytime i see them um so yeah so after they finally won then they edited the sign to read reversed curse in celebration my question is that sign was there for a reason yeah at one point the sign that said reverse curve don't they need that for safety Uh, is everyone okay it's not just there for the hell of it it's to warn people of some whatever whatever the hell a reverse curve is honestly i don't know what the hell that means either what's a reverse curve they may as well have every stop sign just say stop the curse like change yeah. every road sign to no longer suit their own purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's just as well. 
Um, so there have also been attempts to reverse the curse. Red Sox fans attempted various methods over the years to try to end it, which included putting a Boston <laughs> baseball hat on the on Mount Everest. Wow. And burning Jeez. a Yankees camp at their base camp in Mount Everest. Burning a camp? No, uh, uh, sorry, a Yan- a Yankees cap. Oh, okay. Like, at the base a, camp. That's arson. <laughs> I feel like I saw a, a bunch of Yankees fans, but we set them on fire when they're sleeping. Yeah, totally. We'll set them ablaze. Yeah. Um, no, they, they burned a Yankees camp, cap wherever they were hanging out, yeah. and they climbed Mount Everest and left a Boston cap up there. Um, also, somebody found a piano that was owned by Ruth and supposedly pushed it into a pond. I don't know what that would have done. Um, what? I don't know. Moving on. This okay. one is sweet. All right. Um, in 1976, Lori Cabot, the official witch of Massachusetts. Do you know who that is? It rings a very vague bell, but it's r- really awesome to hear. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. She's witch. awesome. She's still out there doing it online. I looked her up. So I know of her, I guess, cause I just know about this sort of stuff. And she had a really awesome Twitter where every day she would post like the color of the day is aubergine. It's a great day to go out and say hello to the ducks at the pond. Like she just posted every single day, the color of the day and then something like whimsical or magical nature based that you could do that. Very David Lynchy. Yeah. You get the weather from David Lynch. You get the color, the color of the day. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. From Lori Cabot. And um, she has stopped doing the color of the day fairly recently, but she's 93 years old and she was still ha- holding some sort of like live stream event in February, like earlier this month. Wow. So she's still out there doing it. She looks amazing. She kind of looks like Professor Trelawney now. Cool. She has, she's had long blonde hair forever, but now it's like really big and yeah. she had weird glasses on. I love Lori Cabot, but that's also all I know about her. So if there's something bad she's done, I don't love that. Huh, I'm a fan of her cheese. Oh, yeah. You ever had a sh- an extra sharp cheddar from Cabot? What do you think? <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so in 1976, Lori Cabot was brought in to end a 10-game losing streak. It continued. Okay. Um, she tried. She gave it a shot. Uh, then in Ken Burns' documentary about baseball, a former Red Sox pitcher named Bill Lee suggested, now this is quite something, uh, that the Red Sox should exhume the body of Babe Ruth, transport it to Fenway Park, which is where the Boston Red Sox play, and publicly apologize for trading Ruth to the Yankees. I think you would also need to apologize for desecrating his grave. That, it has to be. I mean, it's a joke, I'm sure. But yeah, but that's a really... That's de- a weird joke. That's a really depraved, sick joke. That's like when yeah. you're, you're goofing around with your friends and then one person takes it too far. Yes. And all you can kind of do is just... Yeah, huh. collectively agree to move on. Right. We, you know, we should do. Sucks. We should dig up his body and like look at it. <laughs> okay. All right. I have to go home now. <laughs> um, some people thought that the curse was broken on August thirty first, two thousand four. So this is before the curse did end up getting broken that year during the World Series. But this is a strange reason to be like, oh, the curse is broken. A foul ball hit somebody named Manny Ramirez. In, oh no, it was no. Excuse me. The foul ball was hit by Manny Mar- yeah. Ramirez. He was the baseball player, and it flew into the crowd, striking a boy's face and knocking two of his teeth out. And they were like, "The curse is lifted." 
Why? I don't know. There's a blood sacrifice in this boy's teeth? I don't know. And then... um, What? (laughs) Strangely, the kid... Who was a who was a huge Red Sox fan, and his favorite player was Ramirez, the very player who knocked his teeth out. That kid lived on a farm that used to be owned by Babe Ruth. And the same day this happened, the Yankees suffered their worst loss in team history. So they were like, okay, a whole thing has happened. Like a baseball hit a kid who lives at Babe Ruth's house and knocks out his teeth, plus the Yankees suck today. I think the curse is broken. And you know what? Something's weird. Later that year, they did win the World Series. Uh, Somebody's sense that the energy had shifted. Was it, I don't know, again, I don't know anything about baseball, but Mm -hmm. I think it was Babe Ruth who would point to the stands. Like, Uh I'm going to hit a home run right over there. I like to picture Manny Ramirez scanning the crowd. I'm going to hit that kid right I'm going to hit there. that kid right in the face. <laughs> that sucks so bad. Manny, Manny, over here. You're my favorite your baseball big, player. Your biggest fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, what a rough day for Junior. That, Although it was his favorite player. Maybe he felt... maybe that sucks i don't know (laughs) that's great william what would this is a rhetorical like chris farley question what would you do if we went to a baseball game together Mm -hmm. um a ball gets like you know hit out in the stands and i stand up and i catch it with a baseball hat (laughs) i I think i'd be impressed and annoyed i'd be i'd be impressed and annoyed I, I like, want to do it now. It's like it's like you've been waiting to be coordinated for once in your life, and you <laughs> waste it at a baseball game. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like a. I know. I'm yeah. constantly bumping into shit. I've got no perception of corners, and it was all saved up for this one moment that no one cares about, and everyone will forget <laughs> <Except> immediately. For <laughs> yeah. No, not even you would care. <laughs> That'd what, be you... so weird and funny, William. If I pick... first of all, it's surprising that I. Have <laughs> I mean, a you did sort of hat. mind that you had like one hand on your hip, <laughs> like you did it so daintily, so yeah. handily. Yeah, I was just like so great at it. Oh God. Ugh. All right. Anyway, um, this is the last thing, and this is so weird. Um, also, there was apparently a comedic curse-breaking ceremony uh, performed by <laughs> Jimmy Buffett and his warm-up team. One being dressed like Babe Ruth and one dressed as a witch doctor. Sure, that wasn't great. Um, Also in 2004. So so that happened. And uh, that's pretty much it. And also there was a guy who I'm guessing is a baseball player, Kurt Schilling. Uh, Yes, he was traded to the Red Sox. He appeared in an ad for Ford's with a sign showing he was heading to Boston. And when he was he was like hitchhiking. And when he was finally picked up, he said he was heading over there to break an 86 year old curse. Wow. People really made a meal of this curse. Yes, I know. The curse of the Bambino. Bambino. So now we know. What a low stakes curse, though, because Mm -hmm. you think about some sort of a curse. You think about like, uh, uh. You know, the fabled, like, Curse of the Pharaohs or something, right? You open an old tomb and Mm -hmm. everybody who was part of that expedition dies one by one. It's like, no, some some people playing a game don't win a game for a while. Right. Yeah, it's really not that big. Although, I guess people's, like, jobs and stuff are involved. And also, it's true. You get fired for sucking, I guess, right? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I do also like that when translated, it's the Curse of the Baby. I know. It really, yeah, that really hadn't occurred to me. Yeah. I, I, I was just thinking of the curse of the Bambino I as know. its own thing. And then when I read that he was called the Bambino because he was like a baby when he. So he looked like a little baby. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's the curse of the baby. Yeah. And it's funny, they called him the baby. 
Uh, that's incredible. The I curse know. of the Bambino. It was more interesting than I expected it to be, and yet still not that interesting. No, so sorry, no. everybody. I've been so, but I've been so excited to hear you explain the curse of the Bambino. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a month and change ago, whenever the last time we did Urban Legends, I remember being like, "Damn it, we didn't have space for the curse of the Bambino." <laughs> I've been waiting for weeks. That Lori Cabot bit really woke me up, at least. Oh, thank God for that. I know. Um, well, from one weird legend to another one that is like so close to just dull. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm going to tell you now about the cur- another curse. Okay. We're still in the seas here. The curse of Escalante Petrified Forest. Okay. In your research for this, did you happen to come across the thing that's been bothering me? I told you I watched something. No, you didn't. Okay. That's okay. I don't remember. Well, I, I said to Will when we were like divvying up the topics, I know that I watched something semi-recently where it was about this or was inspired by it, where somebody took a piece of petrified wood from the forest and then, like, bad things happened to them, and so then they returned it. Okay. Well, well here's the thing. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's the entire story. No, I know. But there's something in media, a TV show or a movie. Yeah, I don't know what. It's fine. It's yeah, fine. I don't know what it was. But th- this is the story that's just constantly repeated. The, the first word that I wrote was snooze. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to try to make this one quick. Mm-hmm. There exists a beautiful state park in Utah called the Escalante Petrified Forest National Park. Essentially, it's an entire park full of, like, fossilized trees. Yeah. They're not made of wood anymore. I know. I can't really picture it. Like, I can't imagine. It looks like wood. Yeah. I, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, it would pass, if you were just looking at it, you'd be like, that's, like, oh, that's wood. That's wood. Mm-hmm. But it's actually a fossil. Mm-hmm. And I, under completely actually, understanding can... what fossils are and how they work. Certainly. I can picture this because I know I've seen fossilized wood on jewelry before. And I've been like, well, it just looks like wood. It just looks like wood. It still looks cool. But yeah. But it's super duper old. And the the fossilizing Mm -hmm. does something. Yeah. When you turn into a fossil, you turn into stones or something. I think so. (laughs) What happened to the dinosaurs? They turned into stones. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. Got to go. Got to go. So people people go to this uh, petrified wood Mm -hmm. forest and then they steal little pieces of it. Yeah. And uh, then things go wrong in their lives. And that's almost literally all there is okay, to it. Okay, that's fine. Except oh. uh, this is the one fun detail about this. Um, <clears throat> at the, what? I think I know what it is. I think it's from the show Dead to Me on oh. Netflix. I think that Linda Cardellini takes a piece of petrified wood and then a bunch of crazy stuff happens. And she and blends she's, the wood? Yes, I think that's what it is. It just occurred to me. Interesting. Yeah, I heard that show was great. Oh my God, Will, it was so good. Um, so mm-hmm. maybe she would have a letter in this binder that they have then, Kristen, because maybe. at the Escalante Petrified Forest National Park, they have a three ring binder full of letters from people from when they sent back the wood. Oh, that's cool. That had made their life, uh, you know, turn to shit. <laughs> that's like when people write letters to Robert the doll. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I apologize, Robert, for touching you. Yeah. Please lift the curse or whatever. Yes. So people steal the wood. They have bad luck. They blame the wood. They send the wood back with a letter. Mm-hmm. And then they put the letter in this binder. So I have a few of these letters here to share with you oh, from uh, that come to us from legendsofamerica.com. Uh, check the show notes. We always have a link to our sources if you want to click through any of these uh, sources yourself. Uh, but I picked some of the best ones I felt. So, uh, <clears throat> here we go. Uh, here's one of the letters. It says, you're right. It's a curse to take wood from the forest. 
My girlfriend of three years finished with me on the drive home. <laughs> finished with me. I know. It's strange phrasing. Yeah. But I guess broke up with you. Yeah. So here's your damn wood back. Oh. I don't know. I think if you're trying to lift a curse, you should maybe be a little bit more reverent or something. At least just not mad. Here's your damned wood. Yeah, because what if like whatever causes the curse is like, well, you're kind of an asshole. Well, these are also so short that I wonder if it could be someone's job to like, well, if the floors are clean, mm-hmm. but you're still on the clock. Write a letter. Write a letter. Because <laughs> they're all like <laughs> they're all like one sentence long. Yeah. These miserable rocks have caused pure havoc in my love life. By the time these rocks reach you, things should be back to normal. William, where are these people from? What is this <laughs> accent? <laughs> Anywhere and nowhere, Kristen. <laughs> if not, I give up. Signed, dateless and desperate. Ooh. That's like a, a dear... Yeah. Dear that? Abby. Dear Abby. Yeah. That you, they, newspaper column. It was, yeah, it was a really old newspaper advice column and people would sign their letters anonymously with some sort of like quippy name that has something to do with what they wrote about yeah exactly uh, uh what's a good one so you know what like sleepless in seattle sleepless in seattle That's from a radio show but the same basic principle is that there was a guy right. named tom hanks who had questions about his love life because he was widowed and he called himself sleepless in seattle he stayed up all night mm-hmm. alone uh it's like i had a screenplay in the 90s too that didn't oh. get any traction Probably because Sleepless in Seattle. Probably. Constipated in Constantinople. And, uh, you know, it really pissed me off when that movie hit it so big. Because maybe we would have had a shot. You're absolutely right. Con Con. (laughs) That's the convention for fans of Constipated in Constantinople. The Con Cons. Yeah. Yeah, we do the Con Con circuit. Here's another letter. Believe me, if I would have known the curse went with any of the rocks, I never would have taken these. My life has been totally destroyed since we've been back from vacation. Please take these so my life will get back to normal. Let me start over again. God. Forgive me for ever taking these. It sounds like somebody just had a really harsh case of the Mondays when they came back from vacation. You know how life is just like a little less shiny? It's hard to get back in the groove, going to the office and stuff. Right. They're also so ambiguous. My life went bad. I know. I would like- Give me one detail. You're right, Will. I would not be surprised if these were fake. Yeah. When I used to work at Fridays, if there weren't any customers, you had to roll up silverware. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. The job here at the Escalante Petrified Wood National Park. I'm just surprised people aren't getting into it. Yeah, if you got time to lean, you got time to clean. If you're done cleaning, write some ambiguous letters as if your life has been destroyed by petrified wood. Right. Here's another one. When we were there, we read the letters of the many people who had returned wood to you with tales of bad luck, ruined marriages, and other stories of misfortune. At first, we did not believe the ramblings of such obviously superstitious people. But upon a review of the life and lack of luck that our family member had these past 30 years, okay, we have begun to wonder if possibly the legend could have some truth to it. Look, I know that we're all kind of like looking for control yeah. and something that we can do to help ourselves when things seem helpless, but 30 years. 30 years is a long time. Come on. Uh, uh, this is the last one that I, I copied down. Uh, I picked up this petrified rock about 13 years ago when I visited the national park. I came across it today and have decided I should send it back to you. I am sorry that I took it and wish for you to have it back. Thank you. P.S. It has been bad luck to me. (laughs) Oh, I was about to say, it sounds like that guy's person's conscious just kicked in. Yeah, just stumbled across something that you took. P.S. 
It's like they were like, oh, oh my boss is looking at me, so I got to write one of these. Oh, I didn't write anything bad that happened. Uh, P.S. It's been bad luck to me. That'll it do really it. It really is bad luck. That ticks the box. That's really that funny. Satisfies it. Uh, and one last uh, a P.S. to the entire story is that uh, tourists who visit the, the national park can evidently purchase petrified wood oh, okay. that is collected legally from private land in some of the nearby businesses. And those pieces that you buy are generally inexpensive and the curse does not come with them. So it seems like it's worth ponying up the five bucks. Yeah, exactly. To get your own petrified wood and not have bad luck or have your girlfriend finish with you or whatever. What? Yeah. That's, what? How, how weird is that? Again, not ah, not an urban legend, really. No. No. no not technically not. speaking. In modern parlance, I guess anything is an urban legend, so sure. I guess so. But yeah, whatever. But, yeah, whatever. Whatever. Well, I'm going to tell you about a boot on a grave. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is the, this episode. I'm loving it. P.S. I, I don't want to make apologies. Sure. But this is a mess. These yeah. urban legends are a mess. No, that's section. what. That's what happens when it's not we. Our fault. No, we've we've just put our show in the hands yes. of Wikipedia, basically, and it's many editors. Come on, Wikipedia. Please, but first. We just want to make sure you know about patreon.com slash gttupod, where you can sign up and get a ton of bonus stuff. We actually have a whole second weekly podcast called The Netherworld Dispatch that comes out every Monday. And we have a bunch of different tiers on Patreon. You can see what works for you, but you can get up to an episode every single week. That's right. Our most recent episode was 150 mm -hmm. episode 150 and last week on on guide to the unknown we had looked at the shining yep on the netherworld dispatch we watched parodies of the shining there were plenty oh my god there's no shortage there's a weird brian cranston super bowl commercial where yes. he's jack torrance <laughs> and he's also the twins and he's the twins good point mm -hmm. and he's trying to push mountain dew <laughs> It's like zero not just, sugar. Yeah, let's say it's not just Mountain Dew. It's like Mountain Dew Zero or something. It's so terrible. it's even clunkier when he's trying to put it in there. Terrible. But go check that out. Super fun episode. And it's 150. Mm -hmm. If you sign up to any of the, sh the the tiers that get you the Netherworld Dispatch, you're going to unlock every single show that has already come out and get new episodes going forward. As Chrissy said, Demon Tier gets a new show every single Monday. Yeah. Now, we have an important, important update. We've been on this campaign. As you all know, for a long time. It's huge. We've been every week uh, asking you all to help us. We wanted to hit a thousand reviews on Apple Podcasts. You all are amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much. We are well over a thousand reviews now. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm genuinely so pumped about it. Yep. Um, thank you. You're all so nice for doing that. And I have the 1,000th review. Yes. I was able to find the review when it ticked to 1,000. And, and this is what it is. It's from Mike C. Titled, Great Listen for So Many Moods. Ooh. Now brace yourself. Kristen said we should put this person on the payroll. Yeah. It's yeah, going to sound like we did put some uh, <laughs> pennies in someone's pocket. Yeah. This is like a commercial. It's incredibly nice. This brother and sister team covers so many great topics. Lore, mystery, nerddom, horror, you name it. The back and forth alone makes for a great listen for the sister and brother aspect, but don't let the playfulness fool you. These two are incredibly creative and well-read, so listening to them talk about their passions means one will definitely learn something new with each episode. They celebrate the scary from a safe place and analyze the supernatural from a skeptical point of view. For a more chaotic energy, 
you can listen to their Patreon podcast. I'm in the demon tier. But either way, you're in for a really fun time. Well, look, Mike, you may be a demon, but to me, you're an angel. Thank you so much. That is so nice. And uh, yeah, I was thrilled. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. William's giving me a look right now. That was pathetic. Shut up, William. You may be a demon, but you're an angel to me. You're the angel on my shoulder. Shut up, William. God, could you suck up anymore? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, five stars. Thank, thank you, everybody. You. Thank you. Thank you. It now says 1K if you look us up yeah. on Apple Podcasts. Uh, it feels legit. Thank you. It really you. does. I, I can't believe it. I, I really can't believe it. Thank you so much. I won't go on and on, but it, it's... I. I can't believe people listen to us. I know. And you like, made us feel like we want pro, everybody. Yes, thank you very much. Um, all right, more urban legends, urban and urban legends, <laughs> but I will tell you some urban legends too, I oh. guess, after the commercial break. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, so this is the story of the cursed memorial of Jonathan Buck. Okay. Spoiler alert, shoo. Yeah. Oh, no. So this is a fellow who was a colonel. He fought the, the Revolutionary War, and he also founded a settlement in Maine. Then he passed away in the late 1700s, and a large gravestone slash monument was built by his descendants in the mid-1800s. Okay. So it's this big, like, oh, there's almost like kind of like a... Am I right? I feel like I'm wrong about this. I was going to say there's an obelisk on it. I don't think there is. Yeah, an obelisk is like the Washington Memorial. Yeah, I know. Right? Mm -hmm. I was thinking that there's like something like that on it. But it's not just a gravestone. It's kind of like a big square thing. Okay. Um, so now here's where it starts to get funky. <laughs> there's a weird stain on the grave in the shape of a leg or a long boot in the 1880s, a rumor started to circulate that this was the mark of a witch, as Buck had been cursed by a witch at one point in his life. Um, what I'm about to say, none of this is verified. It is very likely not true. It is very likely just a strange stain. I also don't really understand how a stain, it obviously is, so I'm not questioning it, but like what stain occurs that's so long lasting? That's what I'm more interested in. You know what I mean? I like, don't like the I, sound of this stain. I don't either. Like I understand there being rain and then it starts to evaporate and a strange shape could show yeah. in the water or whatever, but this is a stain that's been there for a really long time. Yeah. I, you know, what'd you do to that marble guys? I, I know what happened to the marble. Is it real marble? Is this some sort of a knockoff <laughs> marble that can stain? Maybe it's marble. It's marble. Yeah. yeah Orban legend yeah. of the marble. Exactly. I, I, it's a shame too that, you know, listen, you know, you know, you, you think that you, if you're going to be buried and you got a headstone, it's like, maybe you got a shot at being remembered. And right. then you become and that one grave that's like, ew, there's like a yucky stain ew, on that one. Ew, why it like a one. yucky boot? Yeah. I mean, he had a pretty good run of being remembered favorably because he died in the late 1800s and then, the, excuse me, the late 1700s. And then in the mid 1800s, his parents, or his parents, his, his family. Parents. <laughs> his parents were, lived to be 300. Yeah. His family erected the monument. So like at right. least 50 years or so, they were thinking about Jonathan sure. Buck. But what do you do to that witch? 
that's if the he question. got cursed by a witch, what was he doing? I happen to know. Oh, again, none of this is verified. Very likely not true. I used fact. <laughs> I used New England folklore.blogspot.com for this. Okay. Um, it was an awesome website. It has great information. It's super just like simple looking. It looks kind of like, you know, like a blog setup from like the aughts or whatever yeah blog spot like, was one of the big ones yes yeah. exactly um so it kind of has for me it's not quite at the level of where it's like oh we we really love these kind of funny 90s sites that are still preserved it's not there but it has like a nice nostalgia to it yeah simplicity because everybody kind of remembers toying around with that or reading blogs with that sort of setup. Yeah, it was free to set up a blog yeah. spot so everybody would do it i probably had like four. Oh yeah i had yeah. Kristen's BTTF fan page. Remember? It's just a picture <laughs> yeah. of Biff and like a small paragraph. <laughs> yes, I do remember that. That was, that was weird. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> so it was old Biff, right? Yeah. On a bench. <laughs> um, so yeah, I thought this website was awesome. If you're interested in this sort of thing, check that out. Um, so there are a few variations of the story, but the most popular one was documented in a Philadelphia newspaper, which you would think gives it kind of a little bit more credence. I know. But even so, it, it still seems like it's very iffy. They got to print stuff. I, I guess so. So in 1899, this article said, and this is a quote, Buck, Jonathan Buck, was a severe and puritanical judge who once ordered the execution of a woman accused of witchcraft. The woman went to her death cursing Buck, who stood unmoved. At the moment of her death, she allegedly shouted this prophecy. Jonathan Buck, listen to these words, the last my tongue will utter. It is the spirit of the one and only true living God which bids me to speak them to you. You will die soon. Over your grave they will erect a stone that all may know where your bones are crumbling into dust. But listen, upon that stone with... Uh, upon that stone, the imprint of my foot will appear. And for all time, long after you and your accursed race has vanished from this earth, will the people from far and near know that you murdered a woman. Wait a minute. Okay, so this was printed <laughs> in 1899. The rumors about this weird boot thing on his grave seem to kind of rise up in 1880. Yeah. So 19 years later, we now have the story of a witch saying, I'm going to put a boot on your grave. Yeah. It right. took a while. Yeah. It took, it took a good long time. Mm -hmm. P.S. It's not like it was unusual to be like, they will erect a stone where people will know where your bones are. It's like, yeah, right. You talking about a graveyard? <laughs> Those things we've got all over the place? That sounds about right. Can we cut to the chase? <laughs> witch? I know. And I, I, I will... So what? What does it mean to have your leg on the... That means that people will know you murdered a woman? That's what she's a saying. A leg? Yeah, she's Why? saying that it'll be a marker that you murdered a woman and people are going to come from far and near to check out this weird-ass gravestone knowing that that's what you did. You know what's puzzling? What? I, so it was in the 1800s that the the legend, the, the stain mm -hmm. happens and then they publish... A witch said that she'd put a stain on his grave. Yeah. Why... I, I have an assumption, right? And I think it's I think it's a pretty reasonable assumption. Mm -hmm. um, this guy had a grave, and the grave got a weird stain on it. It's like somebody was like having a picnic there and spilled coffee, or somebody <laughs> was wearing pants and like sat down on it. it. It looks like when you like a cartoon hangs up a long sock to dry. It's just like <laughs> it's that perfect. 
it's not. Is it like how Italy looks like a boot? No, it is. Or like no. it looks like a. It looks like a, a boot or really? like a leg or whatever. Strange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody just left an old boot on the grave and it was a disgusting, dirty ass boot. Right. And the sun baked the outline of it. Yeah. Maybe the sun the melted the, the boot into the marble. Yeah, maybe. Um, But so obviously I, I can only assume that people saw the stain and then conjured this mm-hmm. story, which explains the stain and then published it as if it were true. Right. But I'm familiar with the idea of urban legends in particular being like they change constantly. Mm -hmm. If you tell the story of the babysitter and the man upstairs, there are a thousand different variations of that story. There are some variations here, too. That's the most well-known one. Okay, thank God. Because it was published in a newspaper. Is there one that's more reasonable? Because my question is basically... No, absolutely not. Because that's my question is like now it's been 200 more years. Yeah. No one's come up with a better way to marry there's a stain of a boot Mm -hmm. and a curse from a witch who conveniently said I'll stain your grave with a boot. Well, also... It's crazy. Some accounts say that during her speech, the witch said that she would dance on his grave and what do you dance with will legs boots that's better Mm -hmm. even though it i presume the grave looks like it has like a sideways boot on it it should look like footsteps if she were dancing on the grave yes yeah so it still doesn't it's not perfect but that's better because Mm -hmm. the justification of a witch saying a stain of a boot will happen on your grave so people know you you killed a woman say that that's bizarre no that's bizarre but i'll dance on your grave is a more plausible thing for a person to say. Yes. Even if it doesn't line up with how the stain looks. Mm-mm. So that's a better story, but it still doesn't satisfy the, we're trying to explain why there's a boot stain nah. on this guy's grave. Nah, it doesn't feel great. And no. the other stories are not great either. Um, the two other stories that were recorded are variations on the same theme as each other's. Yeah. They are both stories where Buck, again, Probably not true. New England bog spot also says not true. Uh, where Buck had an affair and impregnated a woman. So in one story, so uh, in one story, he finds out that the woman he's been having an affair with is pregnant and doesn't want this infidelity to be discovered. So he burns her alive. Oh, God. And her leg rolls out of the fire toward him. And that is why. There's a mark that looks like a leg or a boot on his grave. Okay. Then in the second story, again, after being upset that the woman that he was sleeping with was pregnant, and now this is going to be a bigger problem for him or whatever, he called her a witch to discredit her. And I guess because this is back in the day where people know everybody's business, the townspeople went and burned her home with her in it. And the woman's son grabbed her now disconnected from her body leg and hit Buck with it. (laughs) Come on. Later, That's Buck, stupid. before he died, traced the shape of a leg on his grave. Buck did this? Yes. This is impossible since the grave wasn't erected until he had been dead for a long time. So people are trying to do what I'm supposed what, what I'm <laughs> Yes. What I'm telling you is like sometimes these urban legends, I don't even know why we're talking about them because they need another draft. Yeah. People have been trying. Yeah, they've been they've been working on it, but nothing is really getting nothing's there. really gelling why there's a boot stain on this man's grave. Maybe it's because it's not quite interesting enough. I need a rewrite. I know. That's what I'm saying. Why is this on the list? Yeah, totally. Like it's everything has to be leg centric. Yes. And it's not great. It's, this... it's really not that Right. I honestly don't think I would think much of anything. If I was walking in a cemetery and I saw this uh gravestone without knowing that it's a st- I guess I'd be like, Oh yeah, it looks like a boot or a sock or whatever, but like 
So I what? Think anything of it? Yeah. I don't so know. what? Why does that have to do anything? It's outside. With... Yeah. Weird things happen outside. Yeah. Squirrels are outside doing all kinds of stuff. Who knows what they get up to? It, it's. I, I've been watching them mm-hmm. closely. Oh, I know, Mister Nut. Yeah, Mister Nut, our our resident squirrel in the area, Mister yep. Nut. But uh, uh, resident squirrel, great horror game. Yes. Uh, this is the not the st- the legend of a of a mysterious boot imprint on a grave. This is the story of an urban legend that's trying to exist. Yeah, that's like not really taking off. Just not really clicking. Mm-hmm. The Joe Buck boot stain. I absolutely agree. You tell me about a stained grave. One of the least interesting things that can be shaped like is a boot. Is a boot. <laughs> yeah. How about I a know. butt? Yeah, that I would take. Two big orbs on a grave? Like somebody pressed ham on the grave yeah. and for some reason yes. it got baked, not unlike a ham, into mm. the grave. Yes. That I want to hear about. That I would like to know about. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, honestly, it's all probably fake, but New England is weird and creepy. Of and course. so a weird, creepy story got attached to this grave. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. I mean, what choice do I have? I know. But I'll take it. Um, I've, got, I've got a pretty interesting one. Excellent. Uh, again ambiguous and odd sure but an interesting one nonetheless there is a a listing on the uh wikipedia page for what they refer to as the death number okay and it's literally like a phone number nine 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 yep nine 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 (laughs) that is the death number Kristen. here's how they phrase it on the urban legend wikipedia page the death number 999-9999 is an urban legend claiming that if someone calls that number yeah after midnight they will be able to request anything they wish you make a wish you call 999-9999 right and uh, i don't know what happens a voice says what's your wish (laughs) and you say i want to be taller Uh uh-huh you you're gonna wake up in the morning you're taller yeah but also uh, it's at the cost of your life. Oh. <laughs> so that's a shame. You die. You just die. How soon do you die? How, like how often or how long do you get to enjoy being taller? Um, you know, unclear. Okay. You'd that's hope, fine. you'd hope that it would be some decent amount of time. Like maybe it shortens your lifespan by like a decade or something. I feel like saying three days. Three days? It's kind of urban legendy. You know so for three, three days, days I get later. to be like, oh, it looks different up here. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's just it? Yeah, I think so. Um, In my telling of the story. Well, here's part of the issue here. Um, Wikipedia claims that this urban legend was adapted into a horror movie hmm. in 2002. Okay. So it was a legend first and then a movie. Makes sense sense Mm -hmm. there are a thousand bloody mary movies that wasn't a movie first sure it was a legend then a movie why is that notable because i think it was a movie first (laughs) (laughs) i think without without great ability to to point to a smoking gun yeah i think that there was a movie in thailand called 999-9999 and it was bad Right. But an intriguing enough kind of loose concept of like call this number make a wish but you'll die Mm -hmm. that people started telling each other the like log line of the movie. Yeah. And then it became an urban legend. I think that's a pretty good theory. Yeah. Cause this was, it was 2002. Mm-hmm. This is roughly that the ring. Yeah. Area. One missed call. Right. This yeah. cell phones as right. a conduit for, for ghosts and ghastly evil. Ghastly evil. Ghastly evil. Obviously scream was a more human threat. A killer might call you on the phone, but mm-hmm. then, in the ring, a videotape can kill you, but a voice calls you on the phone right after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One missed call, you hear a voicemail of your own death. 
there's this this part of this part of the uh, it's a theory that I've got this like anytime I there's new technology new technology makes people worried and paranoid yeah and people tell stories of the worst case scenario with technology what do you think the next technology based horror movie would be I guess it would be with something like the Apple Vision Pro Apple Vision Pro VR mm-hmm. self driving cars oh yeah uh, all this people awareness stuff I talked about that in our Shining episode mm-hmm. last week this people awareness concept of the Vision Pro where it can detect another person in the room but what if your Vision Pro says there's someone else in the room and there's not yeah there, that's that that awesome. is ripe for storytelling one hundred percent gonna happen mm-hmm. um, I'm sure a thousand people are working on it right now yeah do self driving cars have a function like that shouldn't you just be people able to awareness see people? yeah 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 what there, does that mean there are a lot of because self driving cars have cameras all over them so that they can see the road in front of you they need to be able to see yeah for example a stop sign yeah so you stop at a stop sign they also need to be able to see human beings walking around. So if a person's crossing the road, the car will stop. So it's almost like on Ghost Adventures where they use that SLS camera and it mm-hmm. can map where a person is. Right. In a Tesla, I believe, you can look at a version of the 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 car's interface where it'll show you where people are on the road. And there are videos on TikTok of people driving past a graveyard and then seeing people on the screen. Oh, that's awesome. Like the car thinks there's a human there and there's really not. So ghost. Yeah. No, I, I knew obviously that cars would be able, or self-driving cars would be able to detect people and objects yeah. and whatever. But I guess I was being too literal and I was thinking about the fact that that Apple Vision Pro, it's kind of like clouded over and then it's sort of a special feature. Oh, and it like lets something into yeah, your yeah, vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. I was wondering what the car thing does yeah, it. I don't think it doesn't yeah, quite yeah. do it like you just see what the car thinks it's yes. seeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then because we record live mm-hmm. every week, we're recording live literally right now in front of an audience. Yeah. Uh faithful listener Matthew Deegan says rightfully, AI, artificial mm. intelligence horror. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably true. I know. It's uh, w- which means both stories about AI gone rogue and, and terrible movies written by AI. <laughs> oh, God. I know. <laughs> two things. Two tiers of terrible. Uchi Uchi AI. Uh, but go check out our, our YouTube, everybody. Yeah, we record every Tuesday night at 8 o'clock um, yeah. Eastern Time on YouTube.com slash pod. if you'd like to watch us record it live. And then we pull down the video. It all comes back up on Friday when the show, the podcast, comes out. Yeah, it's like if you went to a live recording of The Tonight Show or something. Mm-hmm. We're we're two Jimmy Fallon's. Oh yeah, you're right. We do a lot of giggling. <laughs> so um, I think that this movie nine 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 it plays to me like a completely acceptable like truth or dare tier Blumhouse movie. Oh my you know god! What I mean? About truth or dare? Oh boy! What did, do you know? What you I'm about? To, yes, I've seen it. Oh no no no! That's what I'm about to say. Oh, okay. Did you see? I saw this week. I think this is new information. They were going to make a sequel to Truth or Dare, <gasps> but did. have it be a meta sequel where the characters are the real life people. So like, I don't know anybody in it besides Lucy Hale. So Lucy Hale will be playing Lucy Hale, right. and it was supposed to be kind of inspired by a new nightmare. That's the one, right? Yeah, a uh, new nightmare. Wes Craven's new nightmare. Yep. Uh, where Heather Langenkamp plays Heather Langenkamp shooting right. a new Freddy movie. Yeah, terrible idea. Oh, would love to see it. I would have loved to see that. I'll watch that. It's so kooky. I'll watch that. Mm-hmm. So it's I took not some. Happening. I took some excerpts of the plot synopsis of Nine 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 Nine. So spoiler alert for this twenty-two-year-old uh, movie from Thailand that sure. I couldn't even find to stream. Mm. Sure, it's available somewhere, but yeah. spoiler alert. To me, it's just like a fun. Creepy story. Mm-hmm. So, 
Uh, again, this is just sort of like a truncated version of the synopsis. You've got a group of friends that are going to encounter some evil. In this case, the evil phone number. Here's how it happens. Uh, the I guess one of the main characters is named Sun. All right. Sun and his friends notice a beautiful and mysterious new transfer student at their school who is nicknamed Rainbow. Rainbow was transferred to their school from a school elsewhere where a student had been impaled on the school's flagpole. When asked how it happened, Rainbow says it involved a demon call from the phone number 999-9999. If one calls that number after midnight and says a wish, the wish shall be granted later, but as a consequence, death will come to the caller. None of the click members believe her story at all. And then somebody called Chai uh, calls the phone number after midnight in front of the others and wishes for a Ferrari Hmm. fast car. He wakes up the next morning receiving exactly what he wishes for uh, like what great luck his wish was granted. Chai soon dies from a combination of now here's where I'll pause. Sure. The, the, the make a wish and then you die thing. There's like a movie called Wishmaster. There's an old The Monkey's Paw. Make a yeah, wish and the wish goes monkey's wrong. Paw, but does he die in the Ferrari? The Freddy Krueger sometimes, you know, like it's dreams, but dreams are a sort of wish, right? Like he'll take your dream and invert it, pervert well, a your... a dream is a wish your heart makes. Kristen, great point. Thank you. He'll he'll take your dream and invert it and turn it into a nightmare. Mm-hmm. So how do you think Chai dies? Wished for a Ferrari. And it's very basic. I would imagine. Basic is fine. Yeah. I would imagine, I guess, that the Ferrari crashes. Okay. Chai soon dies from a combination of scorpion attack. Oh my God. That's awesome. And a malfunctioning car wash machine, which slashes his throat with a spinning blade. Why was there a blade at the car wash? Why That's were there quite scorpions a there? That's a good question. There are a lot of questions <laughs> that I have. The car was tangentially involved you wouldn't be at a car wash without a car but yeah somebody could still just drive that ferrari around (laughs) that's really funny someone could still benefit from that wish yeah you're absolutely right this too is where it's like i said like and then does it pass on the bad luck if somebody else was to get the ferrari ah you're right yeah does it continue or or now do they catch his death curse that honestly that alone is an interesting conundrum for characters to, to have to figure out yeah Right. This movie was evidently also somewhat compared to Final Destination. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out the rules thinking, of something. Yeah. Like characters in those movies are always like, what's death's plan? Right. This could be like. And I'm, die in silly ways. And dying yeah. because of a blade at a car wash and a scorpion bite. It's a total it's Rube silly, Goldberg yeah. Final Destination type of death. Mm-hmm. But like having characters have to deal with this conundrum now of like, can I drive this car? Yeah, right. Is this okay? That could, that could kill a few minutes of a movie. Yeah, certainly. So here's what I wrote. The deaths are weird. And for some reason, not a perfect inversion of the wish. Yeah. Which it probably should be. I wonder if that's one of those things where, you know, it seems, it seems obvious that it would be that and be a monkey's paw scenario. But somebody in the room while they were writing was like, yeah, but that's what everybody's going to be expecting. I know. I know. What if we introduce a scorpion? And listen, more power. Listen, it's, it's fun to try to find the, the, the subversion or the trick or something. But there's this whole notion of keep it simple, stupid. Absolutely. Sometimes it's okay to just be direct. Yeah, play the classics. And maybe nine 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 would have been followed up by ten 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 ten. Yeah. If they had made a little more sense. Sure. So here's here's another example of things going wrong. A character named uh, Rajit wishes not to be a geek anymore. Okay. So now you're cool. Mm-hmm. How do you die? 
Because Rajit was burned by a fire. There's, there, <laughs> I was to say, there's no way to guess. It could be absolutely anything. It was catch on fire. So we got Stefan or Ur- Urkeld yeah. and then caught on fire. There's a, a character, a fat character, mm-hmm. a fat funny guy character. Oh, good. Whose name is Moo Pru. Oh, my God. His name is Moo. He wants to lose weight. Oh, no. And he dies by falling out of a window. Does he, like, smush somebody because he's so fat? Well, you're 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 on, on the right, you're on the right continent. <laughs> he falls out the window with his organs getting pulled out, thus making him thinner. Wait, but why would they do that for that one? And that's not the making other it ones? like your I know because that is like the it's that's a Freddy Krueger the wish. It's relevant to the wish. Yeah, it's not just being caught on fire, <laughs> but like, uh, uh, did he get to be thin? This is where maybe I could have researched it. Did he get to enjoy being thin for uh-huh. a day and then he got his organs pulled out? Because this reads like, oh, you want to be thin? Yeah, I'll make you thin as I kill you, right. which isn't granting a wish; it's just killing you. Yes, this is also where it's like rules, rules in horror, rules in the supernatural. Mm-hmm. They can kind of be enemies, but if you find that right magic, it oh, yeah. it just works. It's gorgeous. This probably needed to be like Absolute your rules. life will be shortened. But you don't know by how long. How maybe, crazy! Maybe maybe you'll die ten years earlier than you would have naturally died. You get to enjoy that car for a long time, and then mm-hmm. people they're like, "I'm willing to make a wish." Right. But then when you find out you die within like two days, <laughs> stop calling the phone number. I know. I would imagine that like when you start to see it's a pattern, yeah. and it's not just a freak it's accident. That quick. Yeah, and like it happens that like all of these kids call the phone yeah. number. You don't call that phone number. You want kids who are so impulsive they <laughs> want their wish now. Yeah. Uh, not realizing how quickly it will, their you know their their life will be cashed in. Mm-hmm. You can't keep calling the number and then be like, wait a minute, something bad's gonna happen to me now. I saw my friend get eaten by scorpions, but I want to be thinner. Right. <laughs> so I'm calling it's the number. Worth it. Yeah. It's like just calling someone to have them kill you. Yes. Yeah. It basically is. Uh, here's here's the last uh, wish example that I've really got. Sort of mm-hmm. uh, a character named Wawa wishes to be an astronaut. Okay. Uh, how she soon? dies. I, that seems like a, a weird wish because yeah. you kind of have to make it happen. Well, maybe maybe the nine 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 demon couldn't figure it out because it <laughs> says here sharp gears split her head in two. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> maybe she was working on a rocket ship. She should have gotten like blasted into outer space. Yeah, absolutely. Right, like a toilet explodes and she goes flying up to the stratosphere. <laughs> You know? All right. William, I thought you said bad things were supposed to happen to these people. <laughs> I'm flying. <laughs> Do you remember me telling you about how on Riverdale, um, a bad guy who was a cult member escaped by strapping himself to a rocket? <laughs> oh my God, vaguely. Oof, that show. It was Edgar Evernever. It ugh, it ended, right? Did yeah. you watch it? No, I haven't seen like the last few seasons. Yeah, turn, turn your back on it. Kind of. I could see going back at some point. I tried to watch some in the last like year mm. or two, and it was bad, but not even like fun bad. Mm. Mm. What? Okay. Well, good luck what? with that. <laughs> <laughs> so here's how this movie ends. Mm-hmm. Son realizes that Rainbow, the student who had transferred to school, is the one causing the deaths of his ah. friends by introducing him by introducing them to the number, which makes her quote a devil's apprentice. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. When he returns to the tower, Rainbow vanishes, and the number, noin, 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 calls Sun, ah. telling him that he's going to die. A heavy box. Doesn't seem fair. No. That's Again, I think there the are reasons rule. this yeah. didn't take off. Right. A heavy box falls from the top of the tower. Sun manages to avoid it, only to fall on a pipe, which pierces through his chest, killing him. 
the movie ends with a flashback. Coyote shit is. I know it's uh, totally ridiculous. A flashback concludes the movie uh, where Rainbow is at her former school, telling girls about the phone number, Mm. hence causing the deaths of the girls later on, including the girl who had been impaled on a flagpole. Okay, William, I just realized this also connect. Well, it didn't connect to Riverdale in the first place, but I have another. Oh, you know. I'm with you. I'm yeah, with yeah, you. Yeah. Say it. No. So the daughter of that guy who strapped himself to a rocket and like escaped into space or whatever. <laughs> um, so, oh no, excuse me. The, this girl was in school and said that she was his daughter. That was not true. She was like older than school age and was just planted into school to recruit n- new cult members. Oh. So it was kind of like rainbow in school recruiting things for the 999. Genuinely did not realize that. I, I know you said the word, but I think my brain didn't want to hear it. I didn't know you were going to say more stuff about Riverdale. Oh, what did you think I was talking about? I thought you were realizing the connection between the format of this movie and Urban Legend, the movie, which concludes with uh, people oh, mm-hmm. at another school like, and the events sort of start over again. Yeah, I love that. But this movie, for some reason, concludes with a flashback yeah. to Rainbow killing people who we already know are dead totally. instead of having her transfer to a new school. So you're like this, the evil continues. Instead, it's like the evil happened earlier, which you already know. And more than that, it was already revealed that she was the bad guy. So showing her doing it earlier is just like, oh, she did this even earlier than we realized. totally unsatisfying. You need to defeat her at the end of this movie. Yeah. Think maybe people won only to see a new school where she transfers in as the new student and goes, do you know what I heard? Yeah. And then smashed her credits. And has a a weird little neckerchief. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. You just do the urban legend movie. Yep. It works. Mm-hmm. It's cheap, but it works. Right. So, uh, again, I ask you: Was this a legend or was this a movie? It's a, I think it's, it, it could listen. It's not impossible no that people because there are. Here's the thing: I found a website, scaryforkids.com, mm-hmm. which I love the sound of. Yeah. Um, which has a whole list of evil phone numbers. <laughs> so it's not impossible yeah, I, that there was an evil phone number story and they made a movie, but it really smacks of. Right. I really wouldn't be shocked if it was like, well, there are all these techno cell phone ghost movies coming out. Mm-hmm. Let's make one. Yeah. I, and I then think that got added to the list of scary phone numbers. I think that's entirely plausible. Yeah. I really think that that could be true. We did a scary phone number early in Urban Legends. I covered it. I can't remember what it was, though. Um, but yeah. something yeah. British. Yeah, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Well, here here are uh, just a handful logically 999999 is the legend I'm telling you, but how about 666666 or whatever? How many sixes? That'd do the trick. For years, people all over the world have been receiving creepy messages from that phone number, all sixes. Some people believe these phone calls come from the devil. Uh. In many cases, the calls do not show up on the phone bill. Okay. (laughs) No proof. Yeah. So here's a quote. This quote is not attributed to anyone. (laughs) It's just a quote that follows what I said to you on the website scaryforkids.com. We were in a car going home one night when our friend received a call on his cell phone from 666-6666. He never picked up the phone, and we even joked about how the devil was calling him from hell. (laughs) Several minutes later, he received a voicemail. Now this was the oddest voicemail I have ever heard. It sounded like a hollow voice, and there was a low static in the background. We were only able to capture, a, to determine a couple of words, but it scared the shizzle out of us. Did he say shizzle? Yeah, it says shizzle. Yeah, well. 
Must have been. You said early 2000s, right? Uh, It's got to be. Yeah. Got to be. For some reason, the message was erased and there was no sign of it on his bill. (laughs) So sadly, I can't prove it. Damn. (laughs) I'm really disappointed to say I can't show anybody that this really happened. Here's another kind of phone number. Red numbers. I thought this was neat. In Pakistan, people were warning each other not to pick up calls from numbers that appeared on your screen in red. Hmm. Which is unusual. I don't yeah. think you get a phone number and it would ever show up as red. So it would instantly stand out as weird. Yeah. But this is the kind of thing Plus that... the devil's color. The devil's color red. Yeah. I can imagine this being one of those things that like you hear about on the news. Yeah. And it's yeah. like people are afraid of this. And then people who know anything about technology are like, but no, it, it can't. That doesn't work. Yeah, it's I, like the technological equivalent of those rumors about... Um, you know, like sex bracelets on teens and yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like on Oprah, it's like not a thing. Things that make parents scared, right? right? So people claimed that any phone number in red was a cursed phone number or a death call. Apparently, if you answered the call, you would hear a high-frequency signal that would cause you to have a brain hemorrhage killing you instantly. Boy. There were reports that dozens of people had already been killed by answering calls from these sinister numbers. Now, that is like such an immediate, like actionable fear about cell phones. Yeah. But I heard that if you get a phone number in red, nobody understands these cell phones. We know they have radiation, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. Remember uh-huh. the radiation scare about cell phones and yes. stuff? Don't pick up, grandson, don't pick up the phone <laughs> if it's red because I heard that it'll make your head explode. Yeah. I, I Something I lo- to look out for. Honestly, I kind of love it. Yeah. I-, I love the panic around that notion. That's kind of awesome. All right. 444-4444. Because in Japan, the number four sounds a lot like the word for death. Mm. Oh, yeah. I've heard of this before. Yes. So 444-4444 is known as Sadako's number. Oh, maybe that's why I've heard of it. Does that sound familiar? Kind of. Who's Sadako? From um, the ring. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Ringu. Yeah. If you call that number, you're supposed to hear some strange, creepy noise. Mm, squelchy. I guess. <laughs> from the bottom of the well. Yeah. They say that anyone who calls the number will die within a week in some type of accident. Sadako is the ghost from the ring. So it's possible the number was set up to promote the movies. Oh, yeah. They did crazy promotion for the movies. Like, yeah. Katie, our friend Katie, got a VHS tape. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it was like a ring trailer or something. Hell yeah. And here's the last uh, evil phone number that I've got for you right now. It was in a section simply called Dialing the Dead. Mm -hmm. And this is literally from the website. I read this in a book of true ghost stories. People who were children in the 70s claimed that in the UK, there was a mysterious number that could be dialed for free in a payphone. When the call was picked up, You would hear a woman's voice saying over and over, help me, help me, Susie's dying. Ooh. Back in 1975, when I was nine years old, some of the kids I hung around with insisted we all pile into the nearest phone box to hear a spooky message. I think the number you dialed was made up of zeros, ones, and twos, and you didn't need to insert any money. You could hear a woman speaking in a curiously monotone voice saying, help me, help me, Susie's dying. Over and over. Sometimes she said, help me, help me. Susie's drowning. Mm. Always in the same monotonous voice. Now, I just love. That's crazy. I love the idea more than anything. Mm -hmm. Because that could also be a technology thing. I don't know. I don't know when pay phones hit the streets, you know. Mm -hmm. But. uh, I thought there were kind of strange things like that. 
yeah about yeah, yeah. I, I love the idea of it being a monotonous voice yes like bored to be saying this help me help me Susie's dying mm-hmm. help me help me Susie's dying you just find out this that's number creepy. to call that's yeah. so bizarre <laughs> yes and the feeling that you would get even though you're in public because you're on a payphone, and you'd probably be like oh, I feel like I'm being watched now yeah. or something Ugh. yeah totally uh, so that's it. Those are those are scary phone numbers. A, a lot of them, but mostly mm-hmm. spurred on by the ambiguity surrounding nine 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 nine. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there you go. We made it through a bunch of our urban legends. We are going to keep chugging on sometime soon. But before that, we'll be back next week with some other crap. Oh, any kind of crap. Who knows? Hey, did you finish the C's? Or did you have anything else from the C section? No, nothing else from the C's. That means we're done with the C's. We're firmly in the D's now. Absolutely. D-town. Yeah. Up top. Boom. Bam. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us. We hope that you had a good time. Maybe heard some urban legends that you'd never heard of before. I know that I, I for sure did. That stinky boot stain. I know. Really cool. Thanks for bringing that. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Chris of the Bambino, thanks for telling me about baseball for a while. Whatever. Oh, God, and you're also welcome for retelling you a thing that you did in the first place. That was the only one. Boy, I, I really stepped in it this episode. <laughs> I'm down with that. <laughs> with that uh, that little song. I know, Sleep, I Sleep, child, sleep. With a <laughs> cocoa, the, will come eat you. The cocoa will eat you. <laughs> okay. Good night. Night, night. So thank you, everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hit up patreon.com slash gttupod if you're in a position to support us uh, and get access to the Netherworld Dispatch. Um, Check out our Discord. Amazing people. Just an incredible community. There really is. Yeah, it's, it's so nice. Thank you all for hanging out. Yep. Follow at gttupod on all social media to keep up to date as new shows drop and when we go live and stuff. And you can even follow us. Yep, I am at Chillin' Kristen. I'm at The Myth Traveler. So we'll be back next week for more scary fun. Ooh. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld, go we. Noin, noin, noin. Noin, 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 noin. Do people know that that's a a, a Baba Boo reference? There's like a fragment of yeah. the audience that's like that's the Howard Stern. It's just for them. That's Gary Delabate. It's <laughs> so stupid. We did it for you, everyone. That's right. And for no one else. <laughs> you know what? We did it for us. That's exactly <laughs> what we did. Absolutely. That was for us. Yeah, that one's for us. Three for them, one for us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Three for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>